0: When you're a startup, you're doing most things wrong, right? You're only doing a handful of things well, and even those things you're doing wrong. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This
1: is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. How many of you have experienced making a bad hire or had bad hires on your team? I personally lost over $840,000 on just one bad hire alone. So that's why I'm doing a free class called the five secrets to avoiding bad hires that can cost you $50,000 plus each. All you need to do is to text bad hire, spell it out, B-A-D-H-I-R-E to 33444. That's double three, triple four, and you'll be registered. I'll see you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Growth Everywhere, where we interview entrepreneurs and bring you business and personal growth tips. Today, we have Matan Griffel from One Month, formerly known as One Month Rails. And yeah. Matan is the co-founder and CEO of Y Combinator Back Company. Again, it's called One Month, uh, the four dummies of online education. He's also mm-hmm. the NYC ambassador to Sandbox Network, a collection of young leaders around the world, and is one of Forbes 30 Under 30. Matan teaches and advises on growth hacking, online education, and learning to code. He has advised companies like PepsiCo, Bloomberg, GM, New York Stock Exchange, and JP Morgan. Matan, how are you doing today?
0: Hey, Eric. What's going on?
1: Thanks for being on the show. First of all, I know it's super cold over there in New York.
0: Yeah, it's freezing. Um, and, uh, And yeah, I like to connect to people in L.A., it makes me feel warmer
1: <laughs> all right cool man so why don't you tell us a little bit about your background as it pertains to all the stuff that you're doing right now and we'll go from there
0: okay sure um so i i like you mentioned i am the ceo and founder of a company called one month and our approach came from me uh, basically learning how to code without having a technical background and uh and i I learned how to how to essentially prototype and build a, an application in Ruby on Rails in about a month. And a lot of these like questions kept coming up, like where should I go to to start this? What language should I learn? Uh, what classes should I take? And, uh, and so all of these are all the questions basically that like casual learners have when they try to learn stuff online. I mean, this is stuff that I run into with growth hacking all the time. When you're diving into a new topic, where do you go? What do you do? And so. That's one month kind of spawned out of that. That was our approach and why we wanted to solve that problem that no one really else was solving before. And so the whole model is just like online videos, 15 minutes a day for 30 days, and you're able to actually build something and get results.
1: Interesting. So you started with the Rails. uh, You you started around Rails first, and you decided that this model works for other types of uh, topics as well. So what other topics are you guys offering right now?
0: We have seven other classes right now. People, Students are learning... How to code with like web applications, so Ruby on Rails. Uh, mobile apps, we have an iOS class with Swift. We have a payment processing class. Uh, we do a growth hacking class called One Month Growth Hacking. We've got web security. We just released programming for non-programmers, which is for people who like, work with developers or want to become more technical, but don't necessarily want to learn how to code. And, uh, and tomorrow we're gonna release a content marketing class. Nice. Which is taught by the like amazing smart Sarah Peck, who's been doing like storytelling and content marketing for companies for like the last you know bunch of years. Um, so it's really just it's a focus on business and technology generally. Got it. Okay, that's really
1: cool. One month content marketing. Wow, that sounds interesting. So, I mean, what yeah. what results have you seen from from your courses so far? Any case studies?
0: Uh, oh, for students. So many. We actually have a hard time keeping track of it all because we've we've heard some so many stories over the years. Um, you know, I can think of things that come to mind. We had one student who uh, was like 19 years old. He had dropped out of college and he took one month Rails and ended up being a full-time developer and actually becoming the CTO of a company uh, like a, a few months after joining because they they liked him so much that they fired their CTO and replaced him. Wow. Um, we have. I would say probably literally hundreds of people are developers now that wouldn't have been before, you know, I, there's uh, a designer that I know who who is now like a front end developer and, and she's making like twice the money she was making before or uh, people who built prototypes of products and were able to raise funding, um, you know, at least a few dozen people I can think of where that happened to them. Awesome. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's almost it's been so amazing that like I don't have a li- you know I don't have a list unfortunately of like all the companies that have been started, um, but as long as I continue to hear good things, you know I'll, I keep doing it.
1: Awesome, man! I mean, what do revenues and users look like today?
0: Yeah, so we've ta- we've had about twenty thousand paying students so far um, across all of our courses. We started last year. What did we do coming out of YC? Uh, we were doing about twenty five thousand dollars a month in revenue. And uh, and we're doing now about three times that, so around seventy five thousand dollars a month. Um, we it goes up and down depending on on what's going on that month. In December we had a really big month with holiday sales. Um, our top one so far was about like one hundred and ten thousand dollars. That was when we launched the iOS class. Mm. And um, and and yeah, and we, you know, we're starting to sell to businesses, so that's like a, a really big driver for us moving forward. Um, we're actually experimenting with a subscription option on the consumer side. So uh, that's a change that we're excited to roll out. Um, yeah, that's where we're at. And we have a team of 10 people now in New York City awesome. behind the scenes.
1: Cool. So, how, I mean, how much does it cost for a consumer right now? Let's say I want to learn Rails. How much is it going to cost me? Uh,
0: so we have classes starting at $99. So the Rails class, the HTML CSS class is $99. Um, then we have bundles of classes, so you can get rails, HTML and payment processing for two hundred and the right now the growth hacking, the Swift class uh, a lot of the more advanced classes that we do start at two ninety nine for the for like the the lowest option
1: interesting okay and so how does this compare with like you know the the code schools, the tree houses of the world?
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, there's, there's a few differences, right? We're trying to go after the same kind of outcome that people get when they do like an in-person education. Uh, we're trying to, especially like a coding boot camp. So we're trying to have people come out of it. It's not just like boring lectures going in a classroom. You're actually getting like real skills and real results. You know, you're able to build something. So in that way, we're trying to replicate a lot of the things that are good about the in-person dynamic. Like we actually have people that are following along with you that are like giving you feedback on your project, giving you code reviews, people that you can talk to if you run into problems. Um, So it has that component. We've got like the the community of other students who are helping each other out. We connect people. Um, like, you know, in major cities, people actually meet up and do like study groups and stuff like that. Um, So in that way, we're trying to do, you know, it's really about the outcome. And we're trying to make that cheaper and more affordable and more just available and easier for people to consume. So you don't have to pay $15,000. And, you know, do three months, like nine to five. Um, And then on the other hand, you have guys like, treehouse or code school or Lynda or the, and those are basically just libraries of courses so you sign up for them and uh, and you just you know you can play any of these things whenever you want to but it's still really up to you to like construct the curriculum for yourself and, and in a lot of cases people are overwhelmed by the platforms or the marketplaces like skillshare or udemy or udacity because they don't know where to start mm-hmm. and so they don't really do the work to make it simpler and easier for people to get started Whereas with us, because we curate our content and because we actually like pick, we hand pick the best teachers in the world, uh, we make it like a super easy experience for people to get started. And, you know, people end up more likely to finish the classes and with actual results. So, you know, you're actually just more likely to get something out of it.
1: Got it. Yeah, I, I think the the fact that you're, you're the title is really enticing to if I can learn all this stuff in one month, if I can go from nothing to prototyping, I think mm-hmm. that that's insanely valuable. I mean, you look at uh, the, the Zenefits CEO. I mean, I think he taught himself how to do Python to build out the prototype for that. And now, <laughs> fastest growing software company, right?
0: That's awesome. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, so I mean, you learn to do it, you know, within a month. I mean, do most of your students uh, learn how to prototype in a month or so? I mean, is that from based on what you see, or is it does sometimes does it take a little longer? I mean, what statistics do you have around that?
0: Yeah, I mean, so people ask me all the time. They're like, people are skeptical, and they say you know, I like, I don't really believe that I can learn to code in a month. And then we have to show them like, yeah, you absolutely can. We have people who, you know, if you go through the class, you're going to have your own, uh, we show people how to build like a photo sharing app. And then we show them how to customize it to turn it into whatever they want. So with just like 15 minutes a day, we actually have people building Pinterest essentially from scratch. And so people who have finished it are just like, you know, they can't believe that by day, like three, they've already actually deployed their application live. And uh, and these are people who initially had trouble setting up, like, WordPress, you know, on their own. Like, they have never been able to figure it out. And partially it's because it's, it's easier now than it ever has been. The technology and the tools that are available now means that you don't have to do a lot of that, like, low-level stuff that people used to have to do. It's, like, that's the reason why Twitter was able to, like, get built in such a short time because they use Ruby on Rails and they use the framework. That um, being said, like... Uh, you know, it, because it's, it fits so, easy, so much into like people's lifestyle. Like we want to be the kind of thing that, uh, you know, you can do at home 15 minutes, like after the kids are asleep or like after coming home from work. Uh, if people get busy, then, you know, they, you can go on vacation. You can step away for a week or two weeks and then come back and, and just pick up where you left off. So I'd say the average person finish it probably finishes it probably in about like six weeks or something like that. Um, But it's, it's, you know, built to be 30 days worth of content with breaks for the weekend.
1: Yeah. Six weeks is, six weeks is still damn good. Um, Okay, cool. So, I mean, you know, with, let's just go back to one month rails. I mean, when you're first starting out, how did you acquire your first, let's just say, you know, 50 customers?
0: Yeah. So, so starting out is a tricky question, right? Because it's not like we just released one month rails in the state that it's currently in. Um, Before that I was, uh, teaching at General Assembly and um, and I, I initially proposed this class idea called how to teach yourself to code. And that was really just me. I mean, it, there's still a talk of this online. It was just me speaking in front of a room for like about an hour about the resources that I found and what worked for me and what didn't work for me. And so that, when I was first doing that, that was just like a small classroom, 40 students uh, who would come every two weeks and that was something that General Assembly promoted because it was, it was teaching it in their classroom. So all I had to do was just prepare the materials and just show up and teach it. And that was a great stepping stone for me because I didn't have to worry about the marketing, finding the space, um, you know, all of that stuff. And then slowly as it sort of evolved, I stepped up to, um, to you know, that would start selling out week after week. And and this, I put the slides for that online. So... The slides for that, I think, have been viewed over like 100,000 times at this point. Um, and, uh, and then finally, I ended up doing the class on Skillshare as like a longer, more extended class. That, that was the first version of one-month Rails, was, where it was actually designed to be a month and to show people how to build an application instead of just telling them what resources to go to. And that, because it was on Skillshare, they promoted it on their homepage and in their newsletter um, and, uh, and so, you know, along the way, I really kind of piggybacked off of whatever was available. Um, I think it, I never really expected it to be as big as it was. And I don't think a lot of other people did either because it also happened to tap into something that people really wanted to do and like really wanted to learn. So it, it even when it was on Skillshare, it was still, you know, the biggest class there by like a multiple of 10 or 20. Wow. Um, even though the other ones all had access to the same kind of thing. Uh, but it was, you know, it was just the kind of thing that was, I think I got lucky. It was the right place at the right time.
1: So it sounds like, I mean, if you're doing like anything in the online education world, there's all these platforms out there. You're talking about general assembly, skillshare. Yep. I mean, there's, yep. um, Udemy and things like that. So it sounds yep. like starting out, you can just piggyback off someone else and then you can, you know, eventually become your own thing. Right.
0: Totally. And I think you should, right. Because there's so much to learn up front that if you have to tackle everything, uh, you're just going to get overwhelmed and you, you know, when you learn, you really have to focus. And so you don't—you shouldn't have to worry about finding a physical space, or even doing the marketing the first time you do the class. So I—I I definitely used Udemy. I used, and uh, you know, I've—I've used almost all of like the learning platforms to teach.
1: That's interesting. So, I mean, you know, let's just use me as an example. You know, my product, we're planning to sell it for as a more high-ticket item. You know, let's just say starting on $1,000, right? When sure. you go to like a Udemy or a Skillshare, you know, you're know, you probably not going to get be able to get those prices. So, I mean, sure. my question to you would be, when you're starting out with one-month rails, did you have the same pricing? And then, you know, when you moved over to your own thing, did you keep the same pricing?
0: No, we actually increased it. So, when we were on Skillshare, the class was $40. Or it was actually $20. It was discounted from $40. Um, we then did the second version of the class for 49 and then eventually we moved up with the third version to $99. And that was, that was partly because, you know, it's one thing to use someone else's marketing channels, but when you're on a platform like Skillshare or Udemy, a lot of the the lifetime value that they're getting from the consumer comes from taking other classes. So once you start doing your own class and doing your own marketing efforts, you know, the, that's not necessarily going to be profitable for you right? Mm -hmm. For them, they can spend more than the cost of that one class because they know you're going to take more classes. Um, so when you're doing stuff individually, you almost have to increase the price so that you can do like paid advertising or or you can do anything else that's going to get you to it. Um, and we did price testing as well, just to find the ideal price point. Got it.
1: Okay, cool. And I I think I'm still a customer. I think I paid the the $20 fee. So, uh, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, you are. (laughs) Cool. Um, all right. So, Hey, what's one unique thing you guys are doing today to acquire more customers?
0: Oh, unique stuff that we're doing. Um, well, let's see. Let me run through what's working. Well, retargeting is not unique. Podcast advertising is fairly unique. You don't see too many startups doing it, um, but it's working really well for us. Uh, we're doing a lot of pre-launches of classes. So before we even create a class, we start to get the page up and, and start to collect the emails for people people who are interested in it and that helps us then prioritize which classes we work on next. The ones that get the, you know, the highest signups. Um, One thing we're starting to do more of is actually not letting people sign up for classes directly, but to, you know, force them to to give us their email address to like join a waiting list and then get on a drip basically Um, and then do the sell at the end of the drip. Um, And in doing that, we get, a little more predictability, more leads coming in. And so we'll know like if we get a hundred people signing up today, uh, you know, a week from now, 10 of those people are actually going to sign up to take the class. Um, uh, what what other kind of stuff we're doing? We're putting webinars and stuff like that into it. Um, initially live webinars, but eventually recorded webinars. Uh, and, uh, what else are we doing? Uh, I mean, those are some of the major ones. Okay.
1: Now the podcast advertising sounds particularly interesting to me because the CPMS are you know pretty decent, pretty decently high. Um, so, I mean, when you're doing podcast advertising, I mean, um, are you running them directly to like a like a sales page or like are you collecting their emails? Like, what, what's the main goal when you're doing that?
0: Um, I mean, so with almost all paid advertising, you generally just want to drive them to like an email capture page. Um, what we're doing now is uh, is identifying the like the podcasts that have the, the highest return. So you can pay the same like CPM for two different podcasts, but get hugely different results because there may be a different kind of customer, but also like you're you're paying for so many different kinds of ads, right? Like the ones that are actually spoken out by the person in the middle of the show versus just a recorded thing, those are going to perform way better, even though, you know, you might end up paying the same amount for it. Um, but right now we're, I think we're just literally sending people to like the, ch- the course landing pages or the checkout pages. We're starting to do more of the email drip, but we only have that currently live and set up for one class.
1: Got it. Okay. then no, that's cool. I mean, yeah, I, I think I, I see a lot of these online courses, especially the, the higher ticket ones. They're always doing webinars and, they, and they're killing it. I mean, I never expected to take $1,000 out after doing a webinar, but I actually did it. Like, you know, I found that I got sold so well that, uh, you know, $1,000 just disappeared from my, my wallet
0: yeah yeah i mean uh i think education is a valuable thing like that though because really what they're doing is convincing you that like it, the investment is worth it right and arguably it is it's just that at a thousand dollar price point most people just never think about it
1: right totally i, I think it all has to do with the i mean you know that's when you opened up uh you, you know your sales your sales persona and it works itself out but um anyway um uh, So I guess, you know, you've been doing this for a while. I mean, what's one big struggle you faced while growing the business?
0: Um, All of them, all of the struggles. Uh, I mean, just thinking about the mistakes we made, like hiring. We made so many mistakes hiring. We made fundraising mistakes. Uh, We made publicity mistakes. So like, okay, one guy that we hired went to jail like a week after we hired him. Um, because we just we didn't run a background check and we didn't find out that there was this thing going on. Um, we got a, a publicity. We got like our first feature in TechCrunch. Ended up going to a variation homepage that we created that we forgot was still running through an A/B test because the journalist got that variation page and so she linked to the variation which wasn't actually it was just collecting emails but it wasn't actually getting people signing up. So we wondered why we were getting so much traffic but like literally no signups. Wow. And it took us about like it took us about like three hours before we caught that and fixed it. Um, uh like problems running into like not hiring people quickly enough. you know we were me and my co-founder was just two people for like the first six months or so, and we definitely should have hired people because it wasn't until we hired someone that like things really took off um, you know maybe not and foc- maybe not raising enough money initially um, yeah, I mean it's like when you're a startup. You're doing most things wrong, right? You, you're only doing a handful of things well, and even those things you're doing wrong, you just have to be doing. You just have to be adding enough value so that people are willing to forgive the things that you do wrong, and that's the big question. Right. I like that quote. Cool. Like I think of Twitter in the early days and how often mm. they crashed, but people still use them. You know.
1: Right. So ultimately you're saying, you know, ultimately, you know, the product experience has to be, you know, just a little better than all the wrong stuff that you're doing and you'll, you'll be okay.
0: Yeah, I would try, I would say shoot for a lot better, but if it's a little better then it's okay.
1: Cool. Now, okay. So we, we talked about the struggles that you faced while growing the business. I mean, was there at any point in time where, you know, you, you was, the company was on the brink of failure?
0: Uh, brink of failure. Well, before the Skillshare class happened, I I was down to the last two hundred dollars in my bank account. Wow! I almost, you know, I was like reaching out to people, to mentors of mine, to ask them, you know, if if they knew of any jobs that I could take. Mm. So the company almost didn't exist there. And then a week later, the class had like uh we were getting a hundred signups a day. So I think the class had like. One and a half thousand, and, and suddenly I had like ten or twenty thousand dollars in my bank account. It was the most time <laughs> I'd ever had in my life, and I was like, "Holy shit!" There you like, go, man. So I guess I just got saved, or like something happened, and fortunately that meant that I could start this.
1: That, that's <sighs> that's so interesting. I mean, you had this course going, and then all of a sudden, two hundred dollars, boom! Like stroke of luck, everything's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it like how close it got was crazy, and. I mean, I guess when you look at us going through Y Combinator, like we ended up with this really gorgeous growth curve of how we did month over month, but that barely happened. Like all of our growth in the last two months of YC came from a LinkedIn blog post that a friend wrote that was on the influencer network and a TechCrunch article that came out like just before a demo day, the month, the last month of it and everything else that we were doing failed. Uh, But at the same time, those two things wouldn't have happened if we weren't trying to do all these things. They were basically like, of the thousand things that we we're trying to do, those are the two that worked out. And if they hadn't worked out, then maybe two other things would have worked out.
1: Yeah, I think it's all a matter of, I mean, you know, you had the stuff going already, and you just keep, uh, you know, chipping away and pounding away at the at the rock until some, you, you know, you ultimately you figure something out. And luckily, you figured something out there. So yeah, I'm glad that, uh, glad that it worked out.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. Cool.
1: So you know, I actually read something that you put up yesterday on LinkedIn, and it was actually pretty profound. Um, It actually led me to spend about an hour on it. Um, You know, your post on how to never forget anything again. Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah, so um, it's about spaced repetition, which is kind of been a personal, uh, like fascination of mine. Um, it was a guy who was a friend of mine who was on Jeopardy and was a really successful Jeopardy winner told me about it. And he said that he was using spaced repetition to memorize just all of these facts and to like not only learn all these facts really quickly, but retain them for later. So unlike cramming where you like, you know, you just, you you get the stuff for like an hour or something and then you forget it the next day. Like using this technique, he was actually able to continue to recall all this stuff. And so when he told me about it, I kind of realized that you could use the same thing, not just for like memorizing random facts you know, for Jeopardy, but to uh, to remember people's names and birthdays, to uh, to learn like a new topic, a new language, for example. I used it to learn Spanish when I was living in, in Argentina in a month. Um, I was using it, I'm using it now to memorize speeches and poems that like, you know, I, I'm trying to become a better speaker. So I'm memorizing some of the best, speeches of all time in order to do that. And uh, it's really just like an understanding of how memory works. And it's a flashcard system at the core of it. But behind it, there's an algorithm that has to do with when you see the card. So you'll never see the same card again. If you if you already learned that thing, you don't have to ever look at that. And you won't, you won't see it again until basically just before you were about to forget it. So it's the most efficient way to memorize like a large set of things really quickly. Interesting. And what's that tool called again? So the, the, uh, the version that I mentioned is called Anki, A-N-K-I. And it's, a, it's like a flashcard system. That's, um, it's not open source, but it's available for free online. Okay, got there's, it. Yeah. There's a few others that do spaced repetition. Um, the most popular one that people are familiar with is Duolingo, and they specifically focus on like languages. But Duolingo is created they're like decks created for you, whereas with Anki, you can either create your own decks for different topics or you can download decks that other people have created through their website, like you know, the the, the fifty presidents or like you know the fifty capitals of states.
1: Wow, I had no idea that Duolingo was uh space repetition.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's all about space repetition behind the scenes.
1: Huh, cool. Okay. So yeah, I mean I think what we're going to do is we're going to drop that your blog post in the show notes. I mean, cause ultimately totally. it links out to other, um, other yep. you know, really helpful, uh, blog posts on how to actually use Anki, um, and, and set it all up. I mean, it really fascinated me in the first place because I mean, there's so many different things, right? Uh, you, you know, you talked about language, I'm learning to code things like that. Um, yep. I mean, it's just hugely, I think it's a massive advantage if you learn how to do it. So thanks for that. Totally. Okay. So what's one piece of advice you'd give to your 25 year old self? Well, you know, what? I know you're a little younger. Let's say twenty one year old self. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Okay. What's one piece of advice that I would give to my twenty one year old self? Man, um, I mean, it, it's tough to say, right? Because when you look back, you 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 forget about the worries and the anxieties that are plaguing you. Because you look back at your young self, and all you see is like how much free time you had, right? So the first thing that came into my head was like, use your free time while you have it, like uh, you know dive into something deep and super explore it and like shut yourself off from the rest of the world because you still can, because you don't have the responsibilities of like, you know, a job or a family or kids. And, and I I don't have those things now, but I have like a company and, uh, and I, you know, I know I would love to build a mobile app and, and like, I'm not doing that right now just because uh, like running the company is taking up the majority of my time. So to just like, look back and to let myself become obsessed with things and to let myself really dive into them and and explore more things, I think, uh, I think is what I would want to do.
1: Okay, great. And so, I mean, is the goal eventually to, you know, is the goal eventually to go off and, you know, run your, you know, like you said, you know, build your own mobile app or do something else, or is the goal to, you know, build one month into this massive company?
0: I mean, the goal is to really take on like, what could, what could we teach people in a month? Like, I'm just fascinated by the idea that, um, you know, that there's so much that people can learn and there's so much that will unlock the true potential in what people can do, whether it's starting their own businesses or just like helping them become millionaires or, uh, or just helping them like, you know, make a little bit of money and, and like explore the world, you know, because that's their hobby. And I just, it always bothered me that like these systems are set up in such a way that makes it that people feel like they can't do that. And, uh, and, and the, the actual resources, like you know, the way that people teach computer science right now is, is so insane. It's like so difficult for people or really any of these areas of expertise. And, uh, I'm, I definitely, you know, I'm kind of like a nonconformist and I definitely try to prove people wrong. And so I want to, I want to make sure that other people can do that too. Okay.
1: Makes sense. So moving on here, just two more questions from my side. Um, what's sure. one productivity hack you can share not related to space repetition?
0: Ooh, productivity hack. Um, so I've been really on a, on a writing every day kick. Um, I Every morning I wake up, I do three things actually. I stretch for 20 minutes. I do this routine called starting stretch that I just discovered. And it's like the same 20 minute stretching routine. It's like the only thing that I can do in the morning because I don't like to think for the first 20 minutes of the day. Um, but it kind of gets you moving. And then I meditate for 20 minutes using Headspace. Uh, and then I write. 750 words which takes me about 10 minutes
1: um, so
0: that so that's yeah and it, I use a website called 750words.com and it's, it's been like the single biggest thing that has changed um, I think just the way that I approach the day is like the way to get the, the creative juices flowing and it's just like it's just free form thought it's just like random shit off the top of my head usually it's like not even worth rereading um, sometimes I just type the same sentence over and over again but I've been doing it now for three hundred and six days straight, they like track your streak at the top, and they show you cool stats on like how many minutes it took you that day. It, it just automatically analyzes all of your writing. And since doing it, it's like I found that these the anxieties that I have, the things that I worry about, if I just write them out, they go away, because it's like something about having it on paper, and something about like seeing it written in front of you, where you can start to realize how ridiculous some of them are that it just makes you feel so much better about it. And I've, I've written a ton more blog posts since doing this. So a lot of these mornings, like these writings will turn into blog posts or even in some cases, I've written letters to people, which has been super cool. People really, really like letters. Huh,
1: cool. So, okay, you, you, do, you have the stretching part and that to me, I mean, you know, combined with the meditation, it almost seems like the stretching part is like meditation in itself, right?
0: Totally, yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: So you do that, and then you do the 750 words, and then um, how many, I guess, my, my question to you, and I don't expect you to know the exact answer, but how many, you know, real blog posts that have, you know, really came out of, you know, doing 750 words?
0: Uh, I would put it, the number is somewhere at like 30 in, in the last like, year or so.
1: Got it, which is pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean, almost every blog post I've written has started as a 750 words post in the last year. Cool.
1: Yeah. And I imagine, I mean, what you're pretty much saying right now, it's, it's pretty therapeutic. So um, cool. i have to check that out. Um, yeah. Final question. What's one must read book you'd
0: recommend to the audience? Oh man. Uh, well, I'm reading Essentialism right now and I'm enjoying it so far. So I would you know definitely recommend that. You can check in later to see uh, if that's, you know, if I still maintain that towards the end. Um, and I just finished an, so that's like a good, I usually read one like business book and one like uh fiction book, and so that's like my business pick. The fiction book I just finished was called uh, The Martian, um, and that is an awesome book. Uh, by Andy Andy Weir is his name.
1: Sounds interesting. Is that like a? I'm assuming that's an alien book.
0: Well, it's about so it's 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 like this dude is this astronaut ends up getting stranded on Mars because his mission goes wrong. Like his team thinks he's dead and so they leave without him. And so he's stranded there in with like this sh- this little ship, this equipment that's only supposed to basically last for like the next 30 days. And he knows that if he can survive for like two years, he'll stay, you know, then they'll they'll come back for the next mission and they'll like be able to save him. So it's all about, it basically becomes science from that point. About like, can he survive, can he figure out how to survive for two years? Wow.
1: Huh. Yeah,
0: it's really nuts. Okay,
1: sounds profound. Uh, we'll add both of these books to the show notes. So, I mean, Maton, cool. what's the best way for for
0: people to find you online? Uh, you can check out my site MatonGriffle.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's just my name as well. Um, and uh and you can find my email out there. It's it's pretty reachable. Okay.
1: Awesome. Matan, Thanks so much for doing this, everyone. This is Merton Griffel from One Month. Make sure you go out out and check out everything he has to offer in terms of learning. Thanks, Merton. Thank you, Eric. How many of you have experienced making a bad hire or had bad hires on your team? I personally lost over $840,000 on just one bad hire alone. So that's why I'm doing a free class called the five secrets to avoiding bad hires that can cost you $50,000 plus each. All you need to do is to text bad hire, spell it out, B-A-D-H-I-R-E to 33444. That's double three triple four and you'll be registered. I'll see you there.